Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by guest Ryan Golgoski. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. Super excited to be here, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. We've got a very interesting story coming up, I think, folks. Uh, but first, Ryan, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Ryan Golgoski. I am the founder of 180 Sites. Uh, we are a productized web design company and we offer web design services uh, on monthly contracts and uh, our goal is to just uh, grow and, and get as many uh, customers as possible as we, we grow our monthly recurring revenue. That's our, our big focus here. Are you a web developer by trade? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I've definitely got people on my team that are uh, much uh, better than, than I am at uh, web development, but uh, I definitely started the, the business myself and was doing all the fulfillment myself uh, and then brought on people that, uh, you know, had expertise in each individual area. So, um, yeah. Uh, when did you start it? I started in 2018, uh, so about five years ago. I was running a, a home service business. And I had multiple back and neck surgeries and uh, was just like starting to get that going off the ground, hiring some people, but it was still just so dependent on me. And it just started to fall apart with me being in the hospital so much. Um, so ended up exiting out of that um, and started 180 sites, which wasn't uh, dependent on me being up on roofs or ladders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess not. So... Uh, were you a previous to the, the home service business? Were you a web developer or how long have you been working on the web? So I probably started getting my feet wet in 2015. And it was really just because of that home service business. Um, so I, I didn't have any experience prior to that. I just uh, wanted to, to figure out marketing, how to build a website, how to do SEO and, and all of that sparked from the the home service business that I had started. Got it. So it was just sort of a necessity to scratch yeah. your own itch, that kind of thing. All right. Uh, did you ever, okay, so you, you never freelanced as a web developer then? Um, in the beginning, I, when I started 180 sites, I did do a little bit of that, but uh, quickly had realized that uh, it, it wasn't for me. I, I really wanted to I was doing some white label work and uh, I just wanted to, to work directly with my clients and, you know, set my own uh, fixed pricing and, and not do the, the whole freelance thing. Got it. And did you go through a phase before, uh, before the subscription phase where you were pricing projects and, you know, directly to, to customers and doing it like that? Or did you pretty much immediately, you know, you, you did a little bit of white label freelancing and you're like, yeah, I don't like this. And, <laughs> yeah. and immediately went to like subscription model. Like take us through the thinking when you were like, okay, I'm going to start 180 sites. It's, I mean, based on the name and the price, I'm thinking that you knew right away what you were going to do, but, but what was the, was there a particular moment or, or some kind of origin story for even just the name 180 sites? So I did start off originally doing the monthly subscriptions, very similar to how our packages are now. It was a little bit different. And then I did switch over to more of a upfront fixed price offering, just uh, seeing the, the rest of the web design market. Almost nobody was doing monthly sites at this time. There was like one other guy that I knew of. Mm -hmm. And it was just 
kind of like, well, maybe there's wisdom in, in the way that everybody else is doing this. And so I, I tried that out for uh, maybe a few months and then instantly switched back to going to the, the monthly recurring packages. What was the difference? Like, how did it, did it feel different? Was it a different kind of conversations you had with the clients, different kind of sale? Like what were the things that caused you to run screaming back to subscription? Yeah, for me, it was just, it was nice, especially in those early days to get an upfront payment for a project. But I knew I could sell more websites with the, the low cost monthly plans. And so it just lowered the barrier to entry so much for the customer demographic that I was going after. It just made the sale so much easier. I really don't even do sale, uh, like sales calls. I don't do proposals. It's just, here's, you know, here's the packages, here's the pricing. When people reach out, they already know how everything works. And it's, it's such an easy onboarding process. There's no, you know, uh, long sales calls or, you know, going back and forth. It's, it's so much easier. And so for those reasons, uh, that's why I switched back and just the amount of reach that I had, I felt like I could attract more customers uh, making the, the, the sales of the, the product a, a more enticing offer versus this giant price tag upfront. Mm. So let's get into the offer. So can you describe to people what it is that they would see if they came to your site in terms of, you know, what, what's the deal? Yeah. So uh, some people are a little confused when they see our pricing packages. They just uh, don't really understand what they're, they're looking at because uh, it's just not typical of uh the web design space, you know, you go to an agency, they're not going to sell you a website on a monthly plan. So it is starting to become more popularized, but uh, that's just not the case. So normally the default industry standard is a web agency would sell you a website for many thousands of dollars that could be on the, the low end, like a few thousand dollars that could be 10, 15, $20,000. It all depends. Um, and then they're going to hand you their website, your website. It's all completed and you go your separate ways. Um, and if you wanted them to host, manage, maintain your website, still continue to work with you, then they can do that. Um, but then that would be another additional monthly fee on top of the pretty large investment you just made. On the, the complete other end of the spectrum, there are some companies that will do low cost monthly websites, but they build them on proprietary platforms. They keep the keys to the castle and essentially you're just renting a website every month and it's not your website that you own. And so this is why some people at first, uh, they, they might be a little confused when they see our, our pricing packages and they want to know exactly what am I getting for this price? So we're kind of in between those two ends of the spectrum where we're not going to charge you any signup fee. We're not going to charge you for the website up front. Uh, but we are going to give you your own website and we're going to allow you to slowly pay that off over time. So all of our packages are based on a 24 month payment plan. We do the work up front, you get your website up front, and then you can slowly pay that off over time. And during those 24 months, we're also going to provide service to you. Uh, so you'll get hosting, maintenance, updates, support, uh, any things you want to change on the website, we take care of that for you. It's a fully managed service during that 24 month period. And all of that's included for free as well. Wild. Okay. So there's so much going on there. So if you, if you are only getting 180 bucks a week, like what is that times 24, you know, 1800, 
doubled 36 a little bit more so you know you're you're getting into the range of what it would cost to do like the the agency low end of the agency thing right am i doing the numbers right, right? yeah okay. it's about, about 4300 for the starter package the 180. okay and I'm sure people listening are thinking like, well, that's, I would go broke in two seconds. Like all of my clients would be constantly nickel and diming me or asking me for a million changes or um, mm -hmm. essentially having some kind of scope creep that would make it impossible for them to service enough customers to make ends meet. Um, you know, you've been in business for five years, so obviously that's not the case. So can you tell people a little bit uh, of like, what's it like, what's behind the curtain? Why? how are you able to manage that risk of <laughs> having too much work to do for the money? Yeah. So there's a, a lot of things going in here. Um, first I'll start with just the packages itself. Um, so the 180 a month, that's kind of like just the, the low price ticket to get people interested in us. And some people are a good fit for that, but almost uh, all of our customers are going a little bit higher than that. So the middle package nine out of 10 times, that's what people are choosing. That's the deluxe package, that's 250 per month. And so the 180 per month is kind of like uh, this shiny object to get people interested in us. It's kind of like a shock value. Wow, that's really cheap. And uh, maybe that that's what they'll end up getting. That's perfect if they, if they do fit into that package. Um, but most of the times, They'll see the deluxe package, see that they're going to get a lot more value out of that, and then they'll jump up and, and want to pay a little bit more to get that $250 a month package. And then over the course of 24 months, that's going to come out to six grand. Um, and most of our clients do stick with us past 24 months, um, but we can get into that uh, a little bit later down the road. Right, right. As far as uh, fulfilling, you know, these packages, if a bunch of people sign up for this 180 per month plan. How do you, how do you operate this? How do you not, uh, you know, just burn a bunch of cash? Cause you are going to be in the red in the beginning. Um, for us, if everything goes well, we're kind of getting our money recouped in about two months. And then from there uh, we're able to start making profit. Uh, but <clears throat> what we do is we serve a very specific clientele. So our, our broad niche is uh, the service industry Within that, we're mostly serving home home service companies like uh, pressure washers, window cleaners, roofers, electricians, uh, gutter services, pool services, you name it, like anything related to a house. Uh, we also do serve a lot of other people too, like in the medical field, software, all kinds of stuff. But our main bread and butter is home service companies. And for those companies, we have developed in-house tons and tons of different designs that we utilize as templates. These aren't things you can just go buy online. They're custom made by us, but we use them as our templates. And then we can have that as the foundation for every single new customer. They can choose which design they like the most, and then we'll tailor that to them. And so that's gonna cut out about 90% of our development time for these template sites. If somebody does want a fully custom site, we can do that as well. There's just a, a additional cost for us to do a custom site for a customer. And then that's going to be unique, one of a kind, just built for them. We're never going to give that to anybody else. It won't be one of the templates that we have. So as far as design goes, we have a couple of different options there for our customers. Most of the time, they love our template design. So that's a perfect fit for them, perfect fit for us, super um, easy to do for us and fulfill. 
Um, but if they do want something extravagant and custom and unique to them, we can take care of them as well. Um, we're just going to charge a little bit more for that. Got it. How, how often do people want the, you know, how, how often does a pool cleaner feel like they need to have a purely from scratch custom website? Um, pool cleaning isn't like a, a, a large niche for us. So we haven't done custom sites for that industry yet, but in general for home service companies, it's probably about 10 to 15% of our customers are getting a fully custom site. The overwhelming majority are very happy with getting a, one of our template designs. And we're always making new ones too, because, um, you know, the more and more people that work with us, uh, this template is going to be used more and more. And so we, we're always making new ones and, and keeping things fresh. Cool. I like it. Um, okay. So you mentioned that you'd be profitable after the first month. So I'm curious how, how many meetings do you have to have to, for that initial phase when you're, I mean, you have to get all the copy from them. You have to get all the photos. You have to get all that stuff. You have to make sure you understand their offer. Like how much, how much time do they and you have to devote in that first phase when you're getting the, I think you say you get uh, that customers can have their website up within 30 days. So in that 30 day period, how much work is there in terms of, of hours on your side and on their side? Yeah, so I'll kind of explain our whole process. And and sorry if I misspoke, um, I, I meant two months. That's kind of our break-even point. If things are going well, which most of the time they do, obviously some projects are more demanding, complicated, or things can go awry. Um, so you're looking at about two to three months, at least for our operations, um, for us to be uh, breaking even and then okay, moving on from there. Yeah, got we're... It. okay. We're in the black from there. Um, so the whole process with a customer, uh, they will onboard themselves. That takes about five minutes, potentially 10, um, depending on how much information they have to share with us. But it, I just send them a sign-up link once they, they let me know which package they want. Uh, they'll onboard themselves. That takes about five to 10 minutes. And then that, that's going to automate like 15 different things in all of our systems. It basically gets them into our billing system, our, our project management system, our email marketing system, text message marketing system. It sends them a gift automatically. It does a, a ton of things, which we can jump into that later if, if you want to go in the weeds about automation. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, but keep going. Uh, yeah, so they get started. Um, I or our director of operations will review their board and our project management system and kind of clean that up, spend a little bit of time prepping for that. And then I or the director of operations will kick off the, the project. And that's basically where our work stops as far as being in the weeds of the actual development. And so we're going to kick off the, the project with an email to the customer and to their specific project manager. And from there, I will assign or the or my uh, operations manager will assign the project to one of the developers on our team. And then they're going to take it from there. When the developers uh, done working on the project, they're going to move it over uh, to their specific project manager who's going to review it. And the project manager will be in communication with the client and go back and forth and make sure everything's good. And once it's done, then we'll move it into our, our launch. And we have a, a specific person that's dedicated to just launching the websites. 
And so as far as uh, my involvement, um, I just get things started and then my team takes over from there. Of course, uh, sometimes, you know, customers do want to go directly to me with questions or concerns, but for the most part, we, we set up these guidelines and this, these processes and, and most customers just, you know, work very well with, with those, uh, those guidelines that we set up with them. And that frees me up to not have to be so involved in the weeds of the project itself. Mm. Okay. That's great. So thanks for that. The, and the, these are all WordPress web websites, right? Yes. Yeah. Everything would be built on WordPress and, uh, yeah, even from like day one, we're going to give them access to the website, access to anything that they want. Um, that's never backfired on us. I, I suppose it could, but our customers have been great and they've never tried to steal the website from us. <laughs> right. So what, let's get it a little bit into the weeds on, uh, potential for scope creep and, and how you've dealt with that in the past. So uh, one obvious one is someone who's just like never satisfied with it and they just keep on iterating and want more and more revisions. Does, is that a common thing? It's a very uncommon thing. It's, it is uncommon and it can be frustrating, but you, at least for me, I just try to look at it from a law of average and know the majority of clients are really easy to work with and things just go really, you know, swimmingly. And there's some clients, yeah, that will just, uh, they will want to edit a thousand different things. And, but at the end of the day, it all averages out and it's, it's really not too bad. Some things we do try to um, put in place to avoid that from happening is with the, the template projects, we are willing to, make some revisions to those. But in our contract, we state, if you're getting a, a template site, what you see is what you get and you're okay with that. That's the template you chose. We're gonna customize it to your brand. We're gonna put your content in there. We're gonna put your images, your video in there. We'll change the colors. Um, but if you want to change that design, that's not included and you would need a custom site if that's something you're interested in. Um, and so I try to set that precedent from the very beginning with our contract. Uh, I'm, I am happy to make some changes for them. We have no problem with that. But if it is getting out of control, we do have that to fall back on in the contract of saying, hey, this isn't this was not in the scope of work that we agreed to. And then for content, it can be uh, <laughs> the most frustrating thing with with content and getting it dragged out forever is let's say somebody has a a 20 page website, maybe 10 to 15 of those pages need content writing. And they send an email with like the first paragraph from the first page. And then a day later, they send another paragraph on the first page. <laughs> it's going to take, six, you know, 65 emails over the course of a month <laughs> to get all this content from them. So we tell them, hey, stop, you know, don't give this us, uh, don't give us this content or don't even send us a whole page at a time. Just wait. Once everything's fully completed at that time, we'll we'll take the content from you and we'll put it into the site. But we don't receive partial content. And that's also something we put in our contract as well. Mm, interesting. OK, what about what about integrations? You know, things like I'm sure I'm sure some of the templates have things like uh, email opt in forms or click here, like chat chat thing that needs to be attached to intercom on the back end or maybe a form that needs to be attached to mailchimp or something what what about that do you help with that or are they sort of on their own with those things 
Yeah, we definitely do help with that. By default, what we're going to do as far as the, the user experience that we're going to create and the conversion optimization plan is for, for most service-based businesses, we're going to drive them to a form and we're going to make that form look really nice and short, simple to fill out. And from there, they'll, they'll submit that and the customer will uh, or the prospect will get an email, we'll address them by name and the services they want, let them know they're going to be you know, getting uh, reached out to really soon. And then for our customer, they're going to get an email with all that information. They're going to get a text message with all of that information. We're going to log all of that information as well in a, a different system. And then if they utilize a CRM, we're going to put all of that information into their CRM. If they want a sales spreadsheet, we're going to put all that information into the spreadsheet for them as well. We're, we're going to try to send it as many places as we can, and we'll set up Zapier for them to do all of those things. And the reason being is the, the worst feeling in the world is somebody's email went down and that was the only way that they were receiving their leads. And you are your job for your customer, for, for myself, is to help them get more leads and their email went down or our, our SMTP had an issue so it can't deliver the email and they were dependent on just that email. And now a month later, they say, I'm not getting my emails. You know, I, we do have a log of all that information as well, um, but we never want that to happen. It's, it's the worst feeling in the world. Uh, yeah. So what we try to do is at least set up three different places for the, the data to go to the log, the email and the text message. And then if they do have a CRM, we want to put all that info into their CRM as well. And then if they have anything else, like they have some instant quoting tool, they have a, like you said, intercom, um, uh, MailChimp, whatever it may be, if they have anything else that they're using to help their sales process, uh, they're doing some sort of email marketing or text message marketing, whatever it may be, we'll integrate all of those things for them uh, into the website in the best way that we can. Right. But just to be clear, it would be you wouldn't build like a, a texting solution. You, you're just plugging things together, existing other SaaS platforms that they already use, you're just plugging together with, you know, a no code tool, right? Yes. Or, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we, we set up Twilio for each customer as well. Um, they don't need to have that. Uh, we'll use that to send the text messages to them, but correct. Yeah. If they, if they want anything else, it would just be, okay, what, what software are you using to facilitate that? We're not a software company. We can't build that for you, but if you're using anything uh, in the SMS, email, uh, whatever it may be, uh, we'll help you sync those things together to your website and the whole lead process. Mm. And this is going to sound like a probably a tiny detail, but whose accounts, like whose Twilio account is it? Are you just paying for all of you? So paying for one account across all of your customers and just topping it up every month with however many text messages get sent or do you have them each set up their own and then you they get their API keys or whatever and yeah so if they wanted their form to text their prospects sending them information when the form is submitted they would need to set up a Twilio account for that but as far as um, just us texting them when our customers get their web form filled out we're going to use our Twilio account for that and we have some numbers set up for that um, to dispatch to different people. When it, we get too many people on one number, then 
we can just add in more numbers. Right. Phone numbers, dear listener. Yes. Correct. Um, cool. So what happens next? So, you know, maybe hopefully of all things go to plan, they get their content to you in timely fashion, then they, uh, that, then the website is up in 30 days or less, right? That's our, our goal. Yeah. So we can launch in as little as 30 days. And that, that is what we, we state on the website and we definitely can. Uh, but sometimes, uh, the back and forth may take longer. Customers might take longer to deliver things to us. Um, so it's going to be anywhere from four to six weeks is a typical uh, time frame. But we're always shooting to to get that four week time frame. Cool. Okay. So like once the website launches, then what what phase do you move into with the client? Does it does it the the requests or the back and forth does it slowly ramp down or does it kind of like drop off very quickly now that the site's live? Uh, and then just have maybe small changes or no changes. Like what, what does happen in that, you know, maybe week six through 12? Yeah. So for the most part, they are going to be thrilled with their website. We've already made it a hundred percent to their satisfaction before launching. And so typically there's not going to be a lot of changes being requested at that time. And so probably for the next three to six months, the the requests are going to be pretty low. Um, but as they get more project photos, they maybe add in uh, an extra service that they're providing, or they just want to update their content. Maybe they got a, a video, uh, some new professional video shot for their company, or they're, they changed CRMs. Uh, they started utilizing some other software in their business. Any one of those things would probably prompt a, an update request from them. Uh, and so they can submit a ticket to us and we take care of it in about one, usually one day, but one to two days is like an average time frame. And we have a whole team of people just dedicated to taking care of those update requests. Hmm. Interesting. How, this is, again, I have like a million little, I'm going to have probably a lot of these little questions because I think the devil is in the details on a lot of this stuff. This mm -hmm. sort of productized uh, web design kind of thing. How, so someone would say, how do I, how do I ask this question? It, it's a managed solution, right? So I guess everybody on your team can log into anybody's website, right? So, so if you've got a support team, that's just doing, uh, like, oh, they, they switched from HubSpot to Marketo or something. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, then someone can just has all of the information and can like log in to each of these different like how like the password management seems like a total nightmare yeah and uh sometimes customers will just create a specific user login for us and that will uh, take care of that issue and uh for for the websites we use a, a management system so we, we're syncing their websites into this uh portal and from that portal we can manage their updates of their plugins uh we can view the uptime of the site, we can do perform backups of the website. And then from that portal, we can access the, the WordPress dashboard from there without having to necessarily log in uh, like the, the regular way. Interesting. So is that something you guys built internally or is that an off the shelf thing for WordPress? Yeah, that's, that's an off the shelf thing. Wild. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. All right. Well, what, what about other, you know, client comes along and you know, their photography is terrible or they don't have photos or videos or anything. Do you guys offer 
add-on kinds of services like photography or copywriting or uh, maybe setting up a maybe they don't have any kind of uh, email automation you know like setting up ConvertKit or MailChimp for them because they uh, they're like ah I've never had that before I know I should be doing it and now with this new website I'm going to be able to set it up but I don't have it yet you know do you offer sort of like or have upsells for these sort of related ancillary services or is it all included or you just say no you have to do that yourself we don't help with that we do help with the content writing uh, just because that can be such a bottleneck for any given project and a lot of times customers will say they're going to take care of the content themselves and a month goes by no progress is made and right, they, exactly. <laughs> they say hey whatever you got to charge me just take care of this uh <laughs> so that's fun um so yeah we do that's one of the the things we provide we used to have more upsells as well um but really we've we've kind of cut back and just made it really, really simple uh, for our operations, trying to cut out some of the noise and become a little bit lean and more efficient. And so other than the website itself, really the, the content writing is the only paid add-on that we provide. Um, and some of the other things I've discussed, we just provide those for free. Um, as far as getting other software platforms set up for them, that isn't something we will do. Um, but once it is set up, we can take care of it from there. We'll just take care of the integrations and, and connect their accounts to the, the website in either it's a direct connection to the site or it's going to be connected through Zapier. Got it. And now do you have, uh, I'm curious, so for, like in something like photography is way outside your wheelhouse, I would assume. Do you have like a, a sort of list of, do you have like a list of partners that you refer clients to when they need something like videography or uh, photography or, you know, like setting up HubSpot or MailChimp? Yeah. So not for photography, but for any kind of digital marketing services and different uh, software companies, anything that's remote, I do um, very often recommend people uh, or recommend my clients to a list of trusted providers. Um, and many of them also give a discount to my customers. Um, I've kind of arranged these referral partners where I don't get paid anything, but hey, just if you could hook up my customer, that would be great. And then also I won't have any problem recommending you and my customers will uh, not have any problem trusting you either because they know I'm not getting paid anything. I just think your service, your product uh, is really good. And I want to help, you know, facilitate my customers working with some of the best people as well. So if they need SEO, Google ads, Facebook ads, um, bookkeeping services, logo design services, um, a plethora of different software services, I'm always trying to help my customers find those providers. Um, sometimes they're obviously not the best fit for everybody, um, but I do try to give, steer them in the right direction uh, and give them as many options as I can for that. Uh, for photography, it's, it's kind of hard just because we work with people all over the country, work with people in different countries. And so it's hard to have somebody to recommend for, uh, for anything that's, uh, you know, location based. Right. But right. We do, uh, since we do work in the same niches so many times, we have built up a ginormous library of either stock photos or really, really good professional photos of these services that I've purchased uh, from some of my customers. 
And that's, that's helpful to get the ball rolling. Um, so we have tons of photos of the service being done or tons of before and afters of all kinds of different services. And that can help them get going. And then they can replace those later on down the road when they you know, build up their own photo library themselves. Got it. That makes tons of sense. So let's let's drill into the niching down thing a little bit. So you've got a pretty specific niche. Do you ever have people nervous, like clients come along and be like, well, I, you know, I don't want my website to look exactly like ABC locksmith down the street. I, you know, I, you know, it's like, do you ever have that for, for businesses like this that operate specifically in a local area? Do the, does mm-hmm. it ever come up that they're like, oh, well, we don't want you working for our competitors too? Yeah. So there's a multi multi layers to that first and foremost is one is this a, a conflict of interest or is this just um, a, a preferential thing so I, I try to address this in a couple different ways one uh, we don't see it as a conflict of interest we see it as uh, the same as if a software company were to work with two competitors that software company the services they're providing to those competitors are going to benefit them but their service doesn't directly inhibit the other company. So if I were providing uh, Google ads or ongoing SEO services, then you start to kind of venture into that. This is getting to be a conflict of interest because anything I do for one company could potentially inhibit the efforts uh, of the other company that I'm also working with. So that's one thing Uh, we try to explain that Um, we're not anything we do for your competitor is it going to bend? Uh, is it going to directly hurt you? Um, but yes, we do understand. We don't want you guys to look the same either. And so, especially in you know large metropolitan cities, there's going to be multiple people that we might work with and that service that metro area. And so, we'll do um, anything we can to help uh, alleviate that issue so they don't look like they're you know too similar so we can use a completely different design and we can use completely different photos different colors and uh, they're both going to be designed by us so there'll be some you know similar uh, design taste in that regard but we can we can work there and make sure that you guys don't look like you have the same website yeah <laughs> Right. Is that the, is that what you're getting at, or was there something yeah. else there? Yeah, especially. Well, I think you really nailed it with the SEO thing because that's kind okay. of like being an arms dealer, selling to both sides, yes. and you know, just escalating the whole thing to your own benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, percentage wise, how often does it come up that someone even asks about that sort of thing? It's pretty low. Um, our our primary niche is pressure washing. And so the only time it's ever really come up is in pressure washing and it's happened a couple of times, but we've gone in there and, and made changes to make sure that we're, uh, it's at that point, it's like kind of becoming a semi-custom website, but we're happy to do that for a customer. We now we're much more careful to just ensure that doesn't even happen. Like uh, we're just making new designs to make sure that, there's not going to be two people in the general area that are looking like they have the same website. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. All right. So I'm kind of jumping around, but I have, I have like a whole page of questions for you. So uh, if you don't mind, yeah. um, th- let's roll back the clock and, and 
it's 2018. You started doing this. You started doing 180 sites on your own. You said at first, at what point did you make your first hire and what was that hire? If you could kind of walk us through that thought process. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think here. I don't, I don't even remember exactly the time that it was, but I did uh, ask my wife to join me in the business and that probably would have been toward the end of 2018 and then started hiring developers really all over the place uh, in South America, Europe, um, Asia, and was working with different developers in early 2019. Um, Now, um, all of our developers uh, that aren't in the U.S., we we hire in the Philippines, and we've had really great success with that. Um, but yeah, probably 20, end of 2018, brought my wife on. Uh, she was helping me out with doing updates and doing content. And then in 2019, um, I brought on many developers and also brought on a manager to help run the business with me. Got it. So, I mean... Uh, things must have been booming if you could afford to have a, I mean, I'm assuming the manager is full-time, but I guess that's not, is it a full-time person or part-time? I mean, you, you've yes. mentioned at this point, like project managers and a team yeah. just to do support tickets. And I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like a, uh, is it a mix of W2s and, and, and uh, 1099s or is it all 1099s? Uh, yeah. So everybody uh, is 1099s and m- almost all of our team is outside the U.S. So that makes things easier. Um, and then in the the manager that I was referring to in 2019, uh, he's no longer with us, um, but he was kind of like a developer with me and then slowly transitioned into the manager. And so that kind of started as a part time and then morphed into a full time thing. Got it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. OK, so. At this point, how many how many clients could you onboard in a given month? You know, if you had like, you know, this interview goes live and everybody in my area you know, <laughs> says like, yeah, we need a new website. Is it is that a problem or do you sort of scale up and down fairly easily to meet uh, fluctuations in demand? So let me actually pull up some numbers for you. Um, so January, uh, we did 35 brand new clients and then, um, February about almost 30, March about 20 and April were about, what are we at here? About 12, I think so far for April. Um, so yeah, in like February going into March, we were signing up more clients than there had been days in the year. And so we were averaging more than one client per day. I think it's fell fallen beneath that a little bit. Um, so yeah, but a, a new client, we're gonna onboard about each day or every other day. And so our goal for this year was to uh, sign up 250 new clients. We'll probably exceed that if we at least stay on the pace that we're at right now. Um, but even if it slows down, maybe middle of the year or toward the end of the year, we should safely exceed that number. Wild. So I, I'm sure there are web developers listening whose eyes just popped out of their heads imagining that many leads. Like at where where do you get <laughs> all these leads? Like how do you get the word out? How are these people, how do you, you know, are you going to trade shows? Are you doing paid ads? Are you, you know, obviously you're going on podcasts, but what mm-hmm. sorts of, what different things do you do to get the word out to attract? I mean, that's all, that's, that's a lot of clients. Yeah. And 
the amount of leads is going to be at least double that because um, our, our close rate is probably about 40 percent. Uh, so more than double that. Uh, so I have focused a lot on referral partners, and that's been really uh, effectual for us in, in acquiring new customers. So I think that's a, a really high leveraged opportunity. One, it's fun uh, just, you know, meeting other marketer, marketing companies, other web design companies, other software companies, and just becoming friends with them and trying to see where you can help them and maybe they can help you. And so I've, I've just spent a lot of time on that, trying to establish referral partners. Um, maybe they provide a, a service that I don't and I provide a service that they don't. And we can have a symbiotic relationship where, you know, our both of our clients could benefit from our services. And so some of those are um, paid relationships, like anybody you can bring to me, I can pay you X amount. But most of the ones that are really fruitful, they're just they're just friendly. They're just on a friendship basis. And so I don't pay anything. They don't pay me anything. And I think that works out even better too, because you can communicate that to your, your customer and say, Hey, I think this guy is great. Um, you know, 10 of our clients work with him and uh, he doesn't pay me anything to tell you to, to check him out, but I think he's really great. So you should check him out. He could help you with that problem you have. Uh, so that's one is referral partners and uh, some uh, affiliate partners as well, but really those those referral partners are probably the best thing for me. And then, uh, what kind of sorry, what kind of other business? What are these complementary kinds of businesses to, um, you know, like like outside of you know, like uh, like an accountant or a lawyer or something is like oh, like those sorts of things or like um maybe a, like a dev shop and this person comes to them and is like, oh, we, they're like, ah, oh, you don't need a dev shop. You don't need a custom. You just need like a, you just need a WordPress site. Like if you could, yeah. do, you know, what kind of categories do they fall into just to get people's minds turning? Because I'm sure this is all like uh, new territory. Yeah. And for sure, there's like, you could spend so much time thinking about it for your specific situation too. There's there's so many, no matter what industry you're in, you're in whatever you, you, you do, there's always going to be people that are, you know, similar to what you do, or they provide services to the same customer avatar as you do. And so you can uh, spend a lot of time and I recommend that you do try to figure out ways that you can build relationships with those people. For myself, um, the most, probably the most referrals I get are from other marketing companies. So they provide Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, uh, but they don't do web design. Or maybe they even do web design, but it's just not something that's their forte. They don't push it really hard. And so I get a lot of referrals from those types of companies. Um, also, logo designers, um, other software companies. So um, CRMs or um uh, booking type of software companies that my customers use. Um, so I, because a lot of my customers use these product services and, and companies, I've been able to make a relationship with these people. And when they see that their customer needs a website or needs some help with their website, they're maybe, uh, syncing their software to their, their customer's website and it looks really bad. Um, they might recommend me. And so those are the main type of referral partners that I have. Awesome. That makes tons of sense, especially the SEO one or paid ads. It's like you're paying all this money to drive people to a site that doesn't look good. It's not converting. That's not good for them. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, for for other ways of we get customers, our our own customers are are really great at referring us. Uh, we do a lot of things to try to one just like provide a great product and service to our customers, but also be friendly to our customers, um, send gifts to our customers, and whether they do anything or not, that's just what we want to do to provide a great service and be friendly to our customers. But a lot of times customers are reciprocal and uh, they want to do something for you as well. And so uh, they'll refer you to their, their peers and their colleagues. And so that's always been a big focus uh, over the last five years is just showering our customers with love. And uh, we know we get a lot of referrals in return from that. And also um, uh, the link in the, the bottom of our websites, uh, we put on their web design provided by 180 sites. Um, oddly enough, we get a lot of customers from that as well. Just um, there might be a company that's doing really well and other you know, younger entrepreneurs in that industry look up to that, that company and they want to emulate what they do. So they say like, you know, what products are you using? What services are you using that are helping you succeed? And they might stumble upon that web design by 180 sites and come reach out to us. Makes total sense. That's great. Uh, man, I feel like we could keep going for hours. I, I, I would like to maybe close on this last bit, which what happens after the 24 months is over? I don't think we talked about that yet. So the, the payment plan is done. They're done with their thing. Do they, what are their options and what options are the most popular? Yeah. So this is, is one nice thing too, uh, that I think people appreciate. They, they understand they're, they're jumping into this payment plan, um, but it's only for a duration of 24 months and then their website's paid off and then they can choose what they want to do with it. Um, and that's a question that comes up all the time. Like you're, you know, you have this monthly price. Do I just pay that forever? No, it's, it, it's a two-year payment plan. Um, and then your website's hundred percent paid off. So from there, you, I mean, we treat the website like you own it even from day one for, to our customers, but Technically, it's not uh, you know owned by you until that contract is paid off. At that point, the customer can choose to um, host the website on their own, give it to their cousin, give it to their marketing company, uh, whatever they want to do. It's their website. It's paid off. And so we, we can package up the website files, send those over to them, give them instructions on how to host and upload this backup file, and then they're on their, their way. Or if they love our service, they want us to continue providing everything that we've been doing so far. At that point, uh, their whatever package they're at, their price would just drop down to 150 per month. And we have that set up in our billing system to be an automatic transition. And then they can just continue with us at that point. They're not in any commitment. So they're just month to month and they drop down to that 150 per month price, which most of our clients do. And that's kind of the, the, the whole game plan of, what we're doing here is we're, we're trying to continue growing our, our monthly recurring revenue and keep those customers on with us for not just two years, but three, four, five, six years, you know, hopefully just the, the lifespan of, of their business, we can continue working with them. Right. And is that in the, that sort of maintenance level, is that still, you know, there's some hands-on updating copy so forth or is it really just for the hosting and security backups uh, making sure the systems are all working 
Yeah, so it's this the same uh, website management that we had been providing during the 24-month contract, which is hosting, like you said, uh, security, backups, uh, monitoring the uptime of their site, all those technical things. But really, the thing that they're paying for uh, in their minds is I don't need to worry about my website. Um, if I need to get anything changed, I can just send a ton of updates to them and they're going to take care of it really quick. Um, and from the my our customer's mindset, they just don't have to worry about their website ever going down, ever having a bug, uh, being hacked. If anything were to happen to their website, we're going to jump on it and take care of that for them as well. So they're paying for peace of mind and knowing that they just don't ever have to waste time tinkering with their website. Perfect. Well, this has been great. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Where can people go to find out more about what you're doing? Maybe ask you follow-up questions or send their pressure washer to you in case they have an <laughs> ugly website. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to uh, check us out, you can go to 180sites.com. That's 180sites.com. I am uh, not really doing much on social media. So um, if, if you wanted to message me, um, you could try to find me on Facebook, just my name, Ryan Goldowski, and send me a, a message there. But I'm not doing anything on Twitter or anything like that. So sorry, I don't have much content for you guys to, to check out. <laughs> that's cool. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I hope you join me again next time for Ditching Hourly. Bye. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time. Or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space. Or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one -on -one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com slash call. Hope to see you there.